What up, Oasis people? Yo. We're back. Uh, I was thinking before the podcast, I maybe should have taken my sweatshirt off. I'm already I a little warm. I was just saying I might have worn this in a recent podcast. So. There, I've done that sometimes. Sometimes like, I've gone back. I and I feel like I just saw a picture of myself wearing this flannel. <laughs> but here's my thing, is we're in this weird season of the year. Yeah. Where it is 40 degrees when you wake up and freezing. It's great. And 80 degrees yeah. in the afternoon. Time. Both mm-hmm. are great. What am I supposed to do with that? How am I supposed to dress? Yeah. I feel like I'm half wintered and half half summer. <laughs> half wintered, half summered. On the top, I'm winter today, and on the bottom, I'm summer. <laughs> I thought about wearing my Burks with this sweatshirt. <laughs> I didn't, but hey, it's confusing. With so, socks, Burks and socks. Uh, probably not to work. Come on now. Oh, I may be wearing basketball shorts, but I got to draw the line somewhere. Feels <laughs> like socks is somehow more appropriate than socks and sandals. Don't you think? Wait, socks is more appropriate. No, wait, what? wait. Uh, sockless. Oh. bare feet when you're wearing sandals if you're wearing something mm, like burks i feel like that's I mean, more formal could than some people probably argue that having your toes out is not very formal <laughs> <laughs> we get your dogs out sandals yeah. are not formal okay let's let's keep moving on <laughs> we're talking about deconstruction <laughs> and yes i am warm in this sweatshirt but i'm committed to it now and we're not going to talk about deconstructing our outfits <laughs> instead we're going to talk about deconstructing faith but before we get there have you ever destroyed something in your life Every other Definitely. week. Definitely. Yeah, that feels right. <laughs> Every other week. <laughs> Ben's just deconstructed all things that are possible to deconstruct. Yeah. What are you breaking? What are you what are you destroying? Oh, goodness. Um, this one time I was in a fight with my parents when I was in high school and our fights were not calm. And so I took a like ashtray type thing that was on our coffee table and chucked it at a huge mirror that was in our living room. Oh wow. And shattered. Was it like one of those fancy glass heirloom type? Not ashtrays? heirloom, but it was glass. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? People like have those. <laughs> yeah, those weird. Those heirloom. Yeah. yeah. And they're like. Yeah. Expensive. Crystal. Yeah. 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 No, it wasn't oh. that. Okay. Interesting. That is, that is destructive. That's tough. Jaina, you, you ever I, been destructive? I'm sure that I have a story like that, but I cannot think of any. But I'm really bad about like subtly ruining things. Okay. Like, like in the process of making something, whether that's like food or like, um, I'll be like, oh, this just needs like, just like two minutes more in the, the oven. Mm. And then I come back in two minutes and it's burnt. It's yes. like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. Mm. Or like if I'm working on like, I like to sew for the people. If I'm working on something, I'll like just accidentally sew something wrong. And then it's like, oh, frick. <laughs> like, so I do that a lot. Yeah. For, Settle. for me, the one that keeps coming in my head is when we were in high school, my buddies and I, we found this snake. And oh, boy. And let's just say we destroyed the snake. We put it on some guy's driveway and we just repeatedly ran it over with a car. (laughs) And then I don't like snakes. And looking back on it, don't tell PETA on me or something. Someone out there. Someone out there is like instantly whipped it out. They're sending the email. Check out this podcast. No, they're going to send you a mental like test because that's a first sign of serial killer. No, it was like a group activity. It wasn't like me in my backyard poking at this snake by, my snake by myself. Like, no, it was like a group thing. And You're we just destro- community serial killers. <laughs> I don't think I have. Thing. Oh. But we destroyed this snake. And mm. then I became a Christian and I read Genesis 3. <laughs> and I was like, the Lord wanted. He anointed me for a time <laughs> such as this. That reminded he, me. He yeah. raised me up so that I could lead the people oh. in the dis- destruction of the serpent. Oh, my gosh. No. That reminded me growing up on the farm. I don't know why, but my grandpa would burn like buckets of tar oh, probably weird. not safe at all but we would throw frogs in them oh just to watch them burn that story we, i think you have i think i might have you probably have something in your past too and then all of a sudden this is a really weird podcast all of a sudden we're just I'm, there's a lot of things happening. Kill, killing <laughs> killing innocent animals but at least snakes deserve it i don't know if you've got a biblical frog argument 
Exodus? No. I think we were just kids who were bored and we were doing it (laughs) for fun. Yeah. Anyways. not okay. (laughs) Maybe you've destroyed something out there. Let us know if you like to destroy things. We'd love to pray for you. (laughs) Oh, yikes. Oh, yeah. Ben accidentally killed a bunch of baby bunnies once. Yeah. It was an accident. The lawnmower. No. It was by shovel. So, oh, (laughs) I'm going to share this right now. We have a, uh, we had a garden that ended up just holding a bunch of old lawn clippings. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because we didn't have compost pile, but basically not compost. correct, <laughs> yeah. thousand percent. Well, um, over the it, it kept there over the winter, and then snow melted, and springtime is when things are born mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in the cycle of yeah, seven signs kingdom. of life, yeah, birth, reproduction. <laughs> uh, and so apparently, a, a mommy rabbit had like burrowed <laughs> into these lawn clippings. And it gave birth, and it was a nest for bunnies. Well, I didn't know that it happened, so I was cleaning out this garden with the lawn clippings and shoveling oh. into a bag, a paper, those paper bags. We yeah, oh yeah, on, right. And saw a little one. I just had the little squeakers, Aww. and then went and talked to Abby about it, and she was very. Not Did you like empathetic. just stab it with the shovel on accident? The first one. Oh, oh that's there were about six more. Man, oh. that's tough. <laughs> there are a lot of them. I just had one in my backyard too. A little baby Don't they bunny. like lay a bunch of babies yeah, oh, at one yeah. time? Yeah. Lay? I don't know if it's called laying. Birth. Like, like, <laughs> little that's rabbit so eggs. They labor. Rabbit Let's get into this. Easter bunny. We're talking about deconstruction. <laughs> and deconstruction is a current buzzword which yeah. makes it hard to pin down exactly a definition. But let's start by just kind of flushing out a couple of what people typically mean when they use the word deconstruction. What'd you yeah, guys say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that people will uh, use this word deconstruction and what they mean by it is that it's a turning away from Jesus and Christianity as a whole. Um, but then other people might just mean like leaving the church. Um, and then still others could use it to mean like throwing away Christian cultures um, that we've commonly held in the Western church in mm-hmm. particular. Anything you want to add there? Which is just that ma- it makes it confusing. This yeah. word is yeah. confusing. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Because honestly in the conversations that i've had with people deconstruction has a negative connotation mm-hmm. uh in in the church mm-hmm. yeah um, and this doesn't just happen in the church it happens in society this yep. happens in life this happens in schooling and organizations and institutions uh and so it's mainly had it's a buzzword i think in the church because it's had so much so many negative connotations yeah. and yet as mm-hmm. we'll talk about it can be a good thing which is why it's confusing yeah absolutely yeah. and like in each of, it's almost like when someone says hey i'm deconstructing or i might i'm like a follow-up question is so necessary now mm-hmm. because you don't know what, what that means. What, yeah. Like, what does that even mean yeah. exactly? So if someone has to come up to you or if you were to use that language, like our follow-up question would be like, what does that mean for you? Like, what is your goal or your hope from the deconstruction process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is where we'll turn. And as we continue the conversation, when we will talk about deconstruction, we'll talk about it as taking apart or questioning pieces of your faith or your entire faith. So it's this idea of questioning what you believe, questioning why you believe it, just just p- really, yeah, just asking those questions to kind of deconstruct, take apart in order for either a good purpose or a bad per- purpose. Yeah. So let's start with the good. Let's let's start on a high note. Yeah. You know? Let's go. What is good reasons for deconstructing? Uh, I, it's a maturing aspect of just you growing as a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think like even we talk a lot about sanctification in the Westland world and, mm-hmm. and becoming more holy, becoming more like Jesus in both character and competency and, and just life. And I think deconstruction in a healthy way allows us to do that. Mm-hmm. It allows us in a good way, if done well, to actually become more like Jesus. Um, yeah. A- aspects of that are 
you grow up believing things and you don't know why you believe them. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you've grown up in the church. Mm-hmm. It's like you just have seen rhythms. You've been a part of rhythms. You've been a part of services. You've been a part of church. You've been a part of youth groups, different teachers or the same teacher, uh, your, the way your parents led you in this or didn't lead you in this. Mm-hmm. Like you have come to a spot, no matter what age you are right now, the things that you've experienced in, in your life have led you to believe what you believe right now. And so mm-hmm. as a follower, if you are a follower of Jesus, sometimes we don't give opportunity for us to like critically think and process mm-hmm. like, why do I actually believe what I believe? Mm-hmm. So deconstructing can actually get you to the point of, Hey, ask, just asking good questions, Yes, which is what Jesus did really well. Yeah. And like yeah. pointed people towards. Well, we, we've talked about it as a family ministry department. And one of the most common reasons people leave the faith as, as high school students during adults is because they don't know what they believe. And mm-hmm. so this opposition comes from culture and tells them that, well, actually Christians are hateful or Christians are bigots or God's not actually loving and they've never been able to wrestle with what they truly believe. They don't know and are, are they aren't able to articulate from the Bible like why this is what they believe. And so this opposition comes and they just kind of crumple under the pressure of that. Like this is one of the biggest reasons people leave faith is because they don't know what they believe. They grew up, they were told one thing, they walked in that, they've always done that, they've never changed from that. So then deconstruction can become a healthy thing. What would we tell people is the healthy process of deconstructing then? Because it's not just simply taking apart, right? Yeah. It's a process of, of questioning and then going on a journey to relearn and to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to just take away and never replace with something good um, is only going to leave you hurt and broken and, and leave hardship in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. And so to deconstruct healthily um, is to raise those questions, to wrestle with the tension, um, but then to relearn and to understand yeah. and to step into a better, healthier mm-hmm. place. And I'm an example guy. Like I learn best yeah. from examples. So what would you say is an example of someone oh deconstructing something they've grown up always knowing, but rather than just taking it apart, they're taking it apart to try to relearn it in a healthier, better way. Put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, if either of you have a good example off the top of your head. Okay. You I, I, go? Mean, I Even just the idea of why do you go to church? Okay. Like that's something I think of. So even for my wife, she grew up like church was the most important thing. Mm. It was, it was priority. Mm. And, and unintentionally what came across in that was Sunday morning was the most important thing. Like being in the building was the Mm. most on Sunday Mm. morning was the most important thing. That wasn't the intention of her parents, but that was what was perceived uh, and interpreted from Abby. Mm-hmm. It was church is the most important thing, not relationship with Jesus, not yeah. growing in faith, yeah. right? Not not serving and outreach and like that. They they still talked about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They emphasized even that. But what was most priorities because what was most talked about is just idea of like why do you go to church? It's just the most important thing. So she go, went to church, not knowing really why she went to church. It was just the rhythm. It was important for the family. And she mm-hmm. gets to college, and the rhythm's been established. So it's actually a really cool, good thing because it was yeah. a priority. Yeah. And all of a sudden, through community through actually having to ask and answer the question like, Here, why do I actually go? Because mm-hmm. now she's an 18-year-old independent, not living at home, like away from fam, trying to figure it out. Like she had to come up and deconstruct like what she thought was the good reason of going to church and relearn what it meant to yeah. in a healthy way yeah. go to church. And I like that example, especially because like she didn't step away from the church to deconstruct mm-hmm. it. 
she she continued on this journey of Christian community yeah. as she was relearning yep. the beauty of that. Like yep. it didn't take her six months of never going to church yeah. to try and relearn why yeah. she went to church. And then there, there's just so many things that come with that. So for her, it's like she's one who's kind of struggled with legalism. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. things, she, having to do things because it was just what you did versus learning like, oh, these are why these things are important in my mm-hmm. life. And then relearning them, not walking away, not getting, sometimes she got frustrated, but still didn't walk away. Yeah. Was being able to ask the right questions was to the right people who mm-hmm. she trusted and could encourage her in that. Yeah. The yeah. example I would probably just use is we have this crazy declaration of faith as Christians that we have our faith built on the, that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. Like we put all of our hope in that this guy died and came back to life and people grow up learning this and they're just like yeah i'm cool with that yeah that makes sense to me it's like wait wait no, what <laughs> it shouldn't just be like you heard it once and it just like clicked for you unless god is doing something already crazy like this should be something you got to wrestle with a little bit do you really believe a guy died and came back to life do you believe that guy was god in the flesh like these mm-hmm. huge like tenets these huge pillars of christian faith these unbelievable concepts in a lot of ways like they don't make sense that people will just accept them because their parents told them or because they went to youth group or because they listened to the children's sermon but they never wrestled with it and there's a lot of proof for all of those there's a lot of backing for those things that's why when we say you're deconstructing it's not that you say oh jesus didn't rise from the dead it's to say okay if jesus rose from the dead how am i able to articulate that where's the evidence for that Why would I believe something like that? You poke a little bit deeper, you get under the surface, you ask these intentional questions, you read the books, you study the scripture, you get alongside people, and you learn. So then when someone comes to you and they say, actually, Jesus didn't rise from the dead, and they pull out some Jewish scholar, some Roman scholar from the, the, and who says Jesus did it, and you're not like, oh man, I've never heard that before. I don't have any foundation for my belief. So the opposition came and I just crumpled. But rather you can say, okay, yeah, I hear that. Mm -hmm. I see that. I see why they had that opposition. But here's all of this reason that my faith is not just blind. My faith is articulated and it has facts and it has has reason. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of deconstruction. And I think in that, and we might talk about this in the next part, but don't be afraid that if you're going through this process, have been going through this process, like... Find ways to celebrate still what you grew up in, mm. what you learned. Mm. Like me and Abby were talking about, just the whole, going back to the church example. A, a lot of what she wrestled or struggled with as she was deconstructing and figuring out what it means to really like be a disciple of Jesus yeah. wasn't like, again, forcefully put on her by her parents in a negative way. But what are, like, and so she's thinking that like, this is how I interpreted how our family operated. Mm. But then we were able to talk about and think through, but we see like, because we're, trying to figure out how to disciple our children, yes. right? Yeah. How to like parent our children and like knowing that they're going to deconstruct the way we do things. Like just knowing that's going to happen yeah. and I'm being okay, like wanting that mm-hmm. so they can just learn to ask questions. But we were celebrating just like, but you, your parents gave such a priority in, in for faith and for Jesus and in a way that maybe was interpreted in not a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, that's a, a big reason she accredited her parents and what she grew up in for wanting to stay in it, mm. for not mm-hmm. wanting to walk away. Yeah. So like it's, as you deconstruct, don't just completely negate and and talk bad about what you grew up in. Mm. Start, yeah. There may be things that were really bad for you. Yeah. Maybe really, and mm-hmm. oppressive maybe. Mm-hmm. And like, we need to talk through those things and process things. You need to get healing potentially for that stuff. But try, what are the good things too? Because there are, yeah. I just really do believe there are. Yeah, totally. Let's flip the script. Let's talk about the bad side, the the struggle and the hardship side that comes from deconstruction. 
Where mm-hmm. is that in opposition to what can be really healthy dopamine? Like, what would we say to that? Yeah, I think, well, one, it's what you said of just because we don't know why we believe what we believe when opposition comes. Mm-hmm. Um, we crumble. I think some of it is, is a selfish aspect of just I want to live my life my own way. So I yeah. use mm-hmm. deconstruction yeah. as a way to basically just live for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a part of it, too, is just tearing something apart for the sake of tearing it apart. Yeah. Not really any yeah. good reason. Not really any potentially logic behind it. Mm-hmm. Not trying to actually find answers for the questions that you have. But so instead, just going through an easier process of just not, nah, I just leave it behind. Oh, yeah. I mean, the millennial Gen Z slogan of my truth, that mm-hmm. idea is, okay, your truth may come in opposition of God's truth. Yeah. And only one of those can stand. Yeah, only yeah. one of those can be true, especially when they're in opposition. And so people will try and take down God's truth, yeah. try to deconstruct what they've learned or deconstruct what the church teaches so that their truth can reign and be supreme and be, and be the truth. Yeah. But that's exactly what you're saying is like, it is for that. It can be for that selfish, pur- selfish purpose so that you can live your life, how you want to live it. Even though God may be telling you, this is the way he's created you and designed yep. you to yep. live. Yep. Otherwise, yep. what's another reason that like Gen Z and deconstruction don't always quite well, go to me, well together? Think it's a Gen Z thing. I you think don't? it's been happening for decades. Explain what we're talking about and then uh, go into So it. so the idea of of uh holding a grudge or being super against institutions and organizations. Yeah. So the the, the idea of how we view authority and mm-hmm. the structure behind sets organizations and, and, and structures. Um I think it's I mean you you go back to the nineties, early nineties, the gr- yeah. like the grudge music phase, mm-hmm. that was very anti but that's authority. Uh, yeah, but not, could, no, no, not really. I, I'm I'm one of the older millennials. Okay, I'm born yeah. in '87, so I've been five years old, three yeah. years old, four years old when that stuff came out. There was a big movement for young adults in the late '80s, early '90s towards yeah. mm-hmm. anti-establishment uh, organization institution mm-hmm. that has just, I think, grown. And you yeah. could even probably say the '60s. You've got Vietnam. You've so. got some of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And like, yes. so it's the same kind of issue rearing its head every different 20, 30 years. But I do think it's getting yeah. bigger. Yeah, I think it's I'm more. It's becoming a more of a norm. Yeah, where Maybe. right now. I feel like Gen- Generation Z has almost no trust Just in zero. Honestly, like in institutions, mm-hmm. in organizations, in in the church, in yeah. authority, in structure. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and in some ways, they have a lot of reason to not. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about church hurt. We've talked about pastor failure. We've talked about how. I mean, we haven't talked about it, but it's pretty obvious how the government is not exactly what it's supposed to be and how these are like institutions just like ceo corruption and and corporate business like we see those things we're more privy to that information through social media documentaries Mm -hmm. netflix cancel culture like we have all of that at our fingertips so it does make it really really hard to trust institutions Mm -hmm. and organizations but when it comes to deconstruction the hard part of that is we come at these organizations let's say the church and we try to tear down the church. We try to deconstruct the church. Everything is wrong with it. Yes. Because yeah. I'm anti. Yeah. yeah. Or y- there is just some things wrong with it, but we mm-hmm. take it apart, but we don't fill that gap with anything. Yeah. We don't step in and fill what is this huge void mm-hmm. of institution. We're literally reading this book as a staff called The Non-Anxious Presence. And one of the chapters he writes about is how we have this decrease in institutions, but institutions hold together stability yeah. and they, they relieve stress from culture. Like these systems are set up to help carry some of the weight of culture. So now you're taking apart those systems and the weight that those systems used to carry, the weight the church carried is now falling mm-hmm. on the individual people. Yeah. 
And the people were never meant to carry that. So you see this blanket level of anxiety all across people, all across the world, even Mm -hmm. especially in this West. And you're like, where's this coming from? Part of it is we don't have institutions to support anymore. We don't trust schools. Teachers can't carry that Mm -hmm. weight for students because they don't trust them. Please. Police. I mean, you know, it's like all of these systematic issues in a lot of organizations. That doesn't mean that the organization and the system and structure of things is bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The reality is to, to deconstruct is to look at what is negative and what is wrong within this structure. Yeah. And then how do we not just leave it, but add what can mm-hmm. be healthier, what can be beneficial for more people. Mm-hmm. What the bad part of deconstruction does is just say, because there's those one things wrong. This is what I'm just reading from. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. more sorry. I, good. I you're good. <laughs> people probably need to hear it twice anyway. Well, just the idea yeah. of like what you're saying is the negative way of doing deconstruction is saying, well, there is this negative thing. So, so because there is systemic racism in some police forces in the nation, yeah. Just defund the whole place and get rid of them completely. Mm-hmm. I would say it's not a great right, yeah. response, yeah. but some but some stuff probably does need to change. Yeah. Actually, pretty aggressively in mm-hmm. some areas in some ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Negative deconstruction says, just get rid of the whole thing. Positive deconstruction say, hey, what's wrong here? Mm-hmm. How are, like, if there's an aspect of racism and oppression that is happening because of the authority put in here, we need to change that. Yeah. And something does need to be changed mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the that's a great example. Another example would be that church hurt example, yeah. right? Where... Someone has church hurt from a pastor, from 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 a whole church congregation, whatever that looks like. And so rather than trying to relearn what it looks like to be the church, rather than deconstructing and saying, what is God's design for church? Yeah. How does he want us to function as Christian community? Rather than going to the scriptures, searching that out and building something back better and newer and fresh, we just say, I'm done with church yeah. and I'm out. People like leave. I keep, People leave. Yeah. They, they deconstructed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need, I don't need a church anymore. I don't need community anymore. My faith is my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of that. Language. Oh yeah. A lot of, and that's the one where Sometimes deconstruction, that's where it gets confusing is, oh, I'm not, not a Christian. Yeah. Mm. I'm just not a I'm just not about the church. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not about the community of of, of, of Christians yeah. because I've been hurt by the hypocrite the hypocrites and, and the, the people who judge and so then yeah, I still love Jesus. Yeah. Me and Jesus. And then there's are, some people who just walk away from Jesus. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's the hard Super part. Tough. The other example that I would maybe use is just outside of like an actual tangible organization, is just think about like a building. Like I, well, you see this on the news or you see it maybe in your town where there's sometimes they have to blow up a building, but they don't just blow up a building to blow up a building. You know what I mean? Yeah, like are, I, you, are you Bruce Wayne or are you the Joker? <laughs> there you go. That's good. Like I remember <laughs> right. in Sioux Falls, there was this old building that had been abandoned for a long period of time and it was kind of next to the falls. It was closer to downtown. And so they were finally taking it down. It was like, there's nothing to cover in Sioux Falls. So now there is kind of scary, but uh, there didn't used to be. And so they put this thing on the news and they covered it for like three hours. Like they're going <laughs> to blow up the building. And it was so anticlimactic. It was really boring. My parents <laughs> had us watch it, but they blew that up. Because they were going to build something better there. They didn't just blow it up because it was like, oh, this will be fun. This will be great. That That's mm-hmm. bad. Like, yes, they took it down because it was bad and corrupt and, and, and falling apart. Yeah. But they built something better there. And that's what deconstruction needs yeah. to be. We don't just take apart for the fun of taking apart. Yeah. Yeah. We take something apart so that we can build it back better mm-hmm. or build mm-hmm. something back better. Yeah. Sweet. Let's, let's keep rolling. Yeah. What would we talk about? We've kind of hit the church a lot. Yeah. But when it comes to deconstruction, there is this tendency. (laughs) Nice. Ben is doing a little new mic thing. (laughs) There's this tendency to want to to find faults and Mm -hmm. want to poke holes in the church. What would we say about that? You're going to. Yeah. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. Like that is okay. 
you're going to find faults, but to have the motive of just wanting to find faults to give yourself more of a reason so you can walk away, mm-hmm. I think is not a healthy one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a healthy journey. Again, yeah, it's just not something we we don't want you to deconstruct just so you can find what's wrong with the church and leave, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that. Um, but in that, you're going to find the faults. We don't want to ever, like, I feel like we're a church that, like, we, we like, question us, question how we do things. Yeah. Is that mean? Like, we're open, mean? we're open to push I, back. I hope we can say yeah. that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I just, we, we want to be able to have those conversations mm-hmm. because your experience is still your experience. Mm-hmm. And what you find is still what you find in the questions that you're asking. Uh, yeah, just, but for the just complete motive of wanting to find faults within the church yeah. is not great. Yeah. yeah. Let's jump to... We have four ways that people can go about a deconstruction process or like four steps kind of. Let's start with number one. What do you think? I mean, the first thing to do is um, to deconstruct to find the flaws in your own interpretation, in your own understanding, um, and then break down even what you've previously held and replace Mm -hmm. it with what's actual biblical truth. Um, So even in the tradition that you grew up in, to deconstruct that, to, to look and to ask the questions to say, hey, is what I was taught or is what I picked up from that even true? Um, and to wrestle with that, to begin to, to look at biblical truths in theology, um, look at your theology through the Bible is mm-hmm. what I mean to say, um, to really see if there's congruency in there. And if there's not, break down the things that are wrong and, and build them back up with what's correct and true. Yeah, and, and I'll jump in and do, you kind of got one and two, which is great. And I'll jump in and do number three, but I, it prompts this question in me. Where a tough part for some people is deconstructing their view of the Bible. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. Because there's this, I mean, listen to every one of our podcasts and we say, the Bible says this, the Bible says this, the Bible says this. And then someone says, well, I actually don't believe the Bible is the authoritative word of God. And they're like, I'm deconstructing that philosophy that the Bible is a holy scripture mm-hmm. like that teaches us about Jesus. I'm deconstructing the Bible's legitimacy. I'm deconstructing the Bible's accuracy. I'm deconstructing. Yeah. They go in on the Bible and that's a that's a tough deconstruction journey. Yeah. Yeah. But we would also say there's a lot of evidence there. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of evidence there as you deconstruct the scripture. So don't just believe because one pastor preached it on one Sunday and said, hey, the Bible's God's word. Like, no, go search it out. Yeah. Pray about it. Ask God to reveal to you, is it his word? Like, is there accuracy here? Is there legitimacy? Like, is this truly the holy scripture of Christianity? Research and ask those questions. The third step of coming from deconstruction, so the first two would be like, just be curious, ask questions, Mm -hmm. um, go into the Bible, find answers. The third one would be prayerfully discern the answers that you're finding. That this, the beauty of Christian life is that we have the spirit of God and we have God's ear as we get to speak to him. Like Jesus has bought us relationship with the father. He has earned us this relationship. Go to him. And so as you search these things out, don't, don't forget to actually bring them to God and ask him to, to bless this process. Ask him to come alongside you in this process. Don't do it on your own. You need God. Yeah. But you also need each other. Let's go. (laughs) Why don't you keep rolling with that? Well, listen, we were created to be in relationship. First with God, then with each other. <laughs> that's good. That's I'll, good. I will always say that. That should be our Oasis tagline, basically. Could be. <laughs> that's my motto in life. 
Um, just so we, we need each other, which is the beauty of the whole reason we were created. Literally mm-hmm. what I just said. Um, so invite others into the process to help encourage and challenge your findings because if you do it by yourself, you can't recognize within yourself of where you are. Maybe misinterpreting, maybe even misleading yourself. Or, yeah. or like I, for me, it's like I need other people to point out my own flaws and weaknesses because mm-hmm. I'm just not good at seeing them all. Just not. Yeah. And yeah. so that's where inviting other people in the process is really healthy and really good. Well, and deconstructing alone is super dangerous. super dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Journeying on any kind of spiritual, like, I mean, truth seeking is dangerous. Yeah. Like you can go on that journey, but if you don't have people praying for you, walking for with you, like, oof, there is, there's a lot of like, look at Jesus in the wilderness. Yeah. Like he's by himself when he faces the greatest like attack mm-hmm. from, from the enemy. And that's not accidental. Like he knew when he would be like his weakest, we could probably debate that, but like, he knew when Jesus would not have others around him to encourage mm-hmm. him and strengthen yeah. him and refine him and like hold him up when he was weak. And so he came after him. And so you go on this journey by yourself and you isolate from community. Like the enemy wants to use that right. and he's going to come alongside that and try to corrupt your deconstruction process. Yeah. Transitioning again, deconstruction shows up in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think people really always recognize this. So where would we say are places that deconstruction is in the scripture? Yeah, I mean, Jesus himself deconstructed um, the church and the way that it, it was functioning, the the way that they were interpreting laws. I mean, the entire Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. Yeah, 4 um, through 6, right? Yeah, Matthew 5. For a second, I always mix up Matthew and Mark in my head just when I go to say them. I know the difference. Yeah. yeah. But because they both start with M, my dyslexic brain is M-A, like, M-A. yeah. But Jesus is saying this is what you've heard been said. This is what you've been taught, but this is what I tell you. He's bringing bringing truth to places where there is falsehood. Mm. And so he's deconstructing even what the church has already been doing, what the religious, the the Jewish religious leaders had been doing and speaking and teaching. The system was in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was there was a lot of flaws in the system, and Jesus didn't come to completely abolish the system. Mm-hmm. He came to point and, and and help people notice and recognize. Here's where we're just getting it wrong right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, and here's how you can be better, healthier, more worshiping of, of Yahweh. Like the whole, even if you go into deep dive of the Sermon on the Mount, it's more than just a. You've heard it said here, but I tell you this: like I'm not to come to abolish law, but fill it. There's so much more in depth where he's literally pushing back against both the mm-hmm. Roman law, actually, mm-hmm. in the time that that they were being oppressed by, and the Jewish religious systems. Yeah. It's it's incredible, actually, the and way he, he brings mm-hmm. it. Jesus takes something apart, yes, to build yeah. it back better. Yes, he mm-hmm. doesn't let it be. Yeah, so good. Go. Um, let's talk about outside the Bible. Where what is deconstruction given us in Christian history? Because this is not some new concept. If someone's yeah. thinking, oh, I can't believe deconstruction only came around in the last two, three years. No. <laughs> like, maybe that language came around, but people have been taking apart and putting back together aspects of Christianity and religion for all of human history, really. Mm-hmm. So when we look at the last, I don't know, a couple thousand years, what would we, you know, what would we say <laughs> are... 500 piv- even. 500 even, yeah. <laughs> pivotal moments of deconstruction that resulted in something beautiful. I mean, I'm taking the Methodist movement. Go. So John mm-hmm. Wesley, get it. Uh, mm-hmm. He was an Anglican pastor, priest, um, in early 1800s, mid-1800s. Uh, and he was an Anglican pastor, um, had a really just call on God, from God to, to do ministry, to help people, to encourage people. Uh, there were a lot of things that happened in his life as he was trying to find an authentic way just to be a disciple of Jesus, to do ministry, and to do life 
with each other as yep. followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he so like desperately wanted to keep the practice of the Anglican church as he was learning and deconstructing his own faith and what he thought and what he believed and just trying to be authentic. And, and, mm-hmm. and authentic is just the word, just because that's what he's trying to do. He hears, uh, I think it's it's uh, Luther's commentary on Romans one mm-hmm. day. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he, there's this phrase that I love. He says, my heart was strangely warmed at the hearing <laughs> of be, this Romans commentary being read. And all of a sudden, he realized there's this beauty in ultimately what Jesus did through his life, death, mm-hmm. and resurrection. And his life was altered and changed. Mm-hmm. And so from there, he was deconstructing what it looked like to minister to one another, to yep. encourage one another, to be in mm-hmm. community with one another, what the really go- what the gospel is. Like he he so much like was going through a deconstruction process, yet still loved what he grew up in. He mm-hmm. didn't want to leave the Anglican Church. Yeah, he didn't mm-hmm. want to start his own denomination. Oh yeah, he didn't want to mm-hmm. start his own movement. It happened to turn that way, but that was not his desire. Mm-hmm. He wanted to mm-hmm. from within change how they talked about Jesus, how they shared the gospel, how they mm-hmm. like. But it was a deconstruction process. Then that's not the language they used. Yeah, that allowed yeah. them. Honestly, the Westland denomination, what we practice mm-hmm. and, and, and are licensed, ordained, and like we exist now because of that moment. Yeah. Like he went through a deconstruction process because he was just questioning, asking questions, trying to ultimately live out authentic faith and mm-hmm. following Jesus. Well, and then mm-hmm. you go, let's scale it back. Yeah. What, that. what Wesley did was reform, which takes us back to the Protestant mm-hmm. Reformation, where mm-hmm. Martin Luther was yeah. part of the Catholic Church and he was a part of this Catholic Church, a priest in the Catholic Church, serving in the Catholic Church, devoted his life to the Catholic Church, and found himself just at this place where he was searching for something greater, searching for something deeper. And so he came to the scriptures and he started to write these books and he started to to post these these the, these these questions to the the Catholic Church and they didn't want to listen to it and they didn't want to to find the Reformation. And so by default, it wasn't that he wanted to blow up the Catholic Church. That was not mm-hmm. at all his his desire, but rather they pushed him to this place where he started the Protestant Reformation as he translated the scriptures into the modern language of the people. He gave them mm-hmm. to he he translated into German and, and the people could now have the scriptures. He came up with the five solas. He came up with these statements that said this is what the church is supposed to be. We're about scripture. We're about faith. We're about Oh my gosh, I'm not going to, I'm blanking on the other three, but these solace statements, mm-hmm. these Latin, Latin phrases that he said, this is what the church is supposed to be. And so he took what he knew and he peeled back some pieces and he really asked tough questions and he wrestled with it. And on the other side of that, there was this beauty that happened in the whole reformation, the Protestant reformation, but there was reform that came about in the Catholic church because mm-hmm. of what he was doing and what he was saying. So not only did he create something new, he also helped an institution that was at a at a really tough bad spot in where they were at. Horrible. Like mm-hmm. the, to the point where the at the time the Roman Catholic Church was selling these things called indulgences, yeah. where you would buy your salvation. Yeah. And he was recognizing and seeing that this is not biblically or scripturally accurate. Now you go mm-hmm. today, like that's not what the Roman Catholic Church does. No. So even there, it's like yes. that's a beautiful thing that you see that was changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to go for the last one? I mean, it feels like a softball, <laughs> but uh, it's a softball. <laughs> she says it's it's deconstruction that um, has helped us to realize that God empowers and calls women into ministry. Mm. Um, that we just preach for a couple. Of here. <laughs> awesome. I don't have time for that. <laughs> um, but it, it's in that study of the scripture that that people realize the oppression of women in general, but even in in places of ministry, is not biblically accurate. That Jesus over and over again empowered women to step into ministry. That even prior to Jesus in the Old Testament, that God gave authority and and um, yeah, gave authority. I don't know what word I'm looking for yeah, to women to yeah. lead mm-hmm. um, and to to minister and to people. And so it was a deconstruction of previously held um, expectations and cultural norms that had bled into the church. Um, 
to say that, no, the way that we have been doing this is wrong. The oppression of women in ministry is wrong. God has called them and we will stand behind that. Mm, so good. Let's finish with a couple of these statements. Deconstruction did that. Deconstruction. Yeah. That's what we're like. Yeah. That's what's beautiful. About yeah. It. So we're very pro deconstruction. If done healthily. <laughs> in a healthy way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> very pro deconstruction in a healthy way. I think so many people would be un- incredibly blessed by a healthy deconstructed yeah. process. We've all done it. Yes. Yeah. Every single you have, And you continue you have, to. You have to. At you some point, to. you will reach this point in your faith where you will either deconstruct or you'll walk away. Correct. That, or, that is, or you will get stuck yeah. in a row where all of a sudden, ultimately, what's happened is yet your faith has become such a bore or a challenge or a burden, mm-hmm. and it's also not the abundant life that Jesus yes. offered. You're not experiencing the fruits of the Spirit because you haven't asked questions mm-hmm. and processed yeah. really why do you believe in mm-hmm. what and, Jesus came to do. And I think when people hear these statements, they might even be a little nervous, a little anxious, a little overwhelmed or scared mm-hmm. at the thought of deconstructing. It doesn't need to be scary. Yeah. Yeah. Like just ask tough questions and wrestle with that within Christian community. Like mm-hmm. be really vulnerable and raw before God as you bring him the things you doubt or the things you're confused mm-hmm. by. Yeah. That is th- those that's the gift that your heavenly Father wants to give you. He wants mm-hmm. you to know him better. Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah. ask the questions, he'll answer those prayers. I want to yeah. finish. I'm just going to read you a couple of statements. So Audrey is our uh, student ministry it. worship pastor, worship Res- resident pastor. Yeah. So she's here on staff. You guys have maybe seen her. She leads away. Uh, worship. She helps. Novel. Yeah. yeah seriously. She helps lead worship for Oasis some weeks. Um, she wrote these statements down here at the bottom because she can help us make the outlines sometimes. And I just want to read you some of them. She said, your thought process and interpretations are bound to change over time. And that's okay. That deconstruction isn't something to be scared of, but rather it's something to be aware of and so that you can protect your heart as you go through these vulnerable times in your faith. That deconstruction is simply realigning your interpretations of biblical knowledge and relying on God's wisdom. That's just, I think she wrote that so well, so give her the credit for that and and just putting in that work and making sure. But yeah. Mm That's it. If you have questions about deconstruction, if you're at a space where you're deconstructing and you would want someone's input or you just want to like wrestle with it alongside one of us, reach out. We would yeah. love to join you in the journey uh, of deconstruction. But yeah, with that, anything else? Or I mean, just multiple voices. Yep. Yeah. Don't let one YouTube pastor yes, speak so into oh. your deconstruction. Yeah. If you find yourself <laughs> deep in, the, you might be watching this on YouTube, so maybe that's hypocritical. <laughs> but if you find yourself deep, Deep in the YouTube wormhole of deconstruction, mm. uh, that's a dangerous spot to be. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is. I have walked yep. along some people mm-hmm. who have gotten down some sad, heart, heartful podcast YouTube deconstruction mm-hmm. channels. Um, so, yeah. yeah. We wouldn't, we'd say not go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, all and right. If every voice you're listening to is saying the exact same thing yeah. in deconstruction, yes. you need to diversify just, a just so you know again because yeah. what it does it, it challenges really what you mm-hmm. believe and then ultimately i think it grows stronger conviction yeah so it's like so i'll listen to voices in different denominations and different theological mm-hmm. belief mm. where we still like not i think they still love i know they still love jesus mm. and i'm not gonna interpret in a way that they don't love jesus yeah man i really don't don't agree with them that but i'm still gonna listen to it yeah and then i'm gonna invite the people that i'm closest with that i really know like know my heart yeah and know mm-hmm. jesus that like hey i heard this i was thinking about this i was questioning this yeah. and allow them to speak into that's that. good that's so Super good great. look at us flushing out awesome thoughts at the end yeah. of here but peace <laughs> out we love you thank you See ya. bye, bye.